things that we、Woo! got wrong. Yeah. Everyone thinks that's me singing the theme song, so we're going to pretend it is. Let's do it. Okay. I love it. That'll be something you guys got My wrong. My new favorite song. Because <laughs> <laughs> that is not me, although I keep telling people, like, I guess it's just. Voice of an、been. angel, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some lady in、Don't、London we hired to do that. And, um, like, I really should have just done it because apparently Susie, this is what I sound like. <laughs> Especially since Adam did the. Background vocals on the Brain Candy theme song. <laughs> right. Brain Candy.、Right. Which people think is a ring ring. It is not. It's Adam going, Brain Candy. Yeah, it's、so. almost like spooky, which. It is. You know, was, you know Adam and I are、yeah. just like <laughs> the same, same, same. So, well,、Makes、this、sense. is going to be a rough one, I think. Whoa. Today on the show. Whoa. This is episode four of Things We Got Wrong, and boy, did we ever. Listen, if it weren't 9 a.m., we'd be drinking. Yeah, honestly. Or maybe we shouldn't、yeah. because that was what was happening on the other <laughs> yeah, show.、Right. And maybe that's the worst idea. In fact, no, we should be not doing that ever. Yeah, it's like that's what we got that wrong. That was what I got wrong.、Oh, Don't drink、what? and podcast. No, definitely not. Okay, so a little backstory.、Um, yes. We had done an episode. Of Brain Candy. And early on, we did like themed episodes. Yes. So, like, I guess this one was food. I didn't even it, know. But it wasn't. Why was it? Here's what,、yeah. what uh, it's probably, we have to like look at the context. This was Sarah was going through、no. a self, like, uh, I don't know, body hatred period where I was trying to feel, uh, uh, I was, Using control for the illusion of safety.、Mm. And、uh, and you feel like you, that was reflected in your comments on the and, show. And I think, just like you said on the show, I go 100% in anything that I do. <laughs> I probably couldn't think of another topic or thing to talk about at this time because this is where my mind was focused on. And I. I'm so glad that we have grown our show to be what it is, where things are more informed.、Mm -hmm. And I'd like to say shout out to my research methods professor who taught me how to critically read an article because it was very clear from listening to this episode that I wasn't doing that before this class. <laughs> okay, well, so we came into the、Woo! episode. With that premise, is, oh, we're going to talk about food. But then it almost immediately, or whatever, did turn into a conversation about bodies and really、yes. about size of bodies. Yes. And honestly, Sarah, if we did this episode today, we would have been out of business. The, there is so much that I. Was screaming at myself for saying, like, how on earth could you think that way? Right out the door. Okay. First, first two minutes. Well, how would like, you well, describe the gist of what you were saying on the show? Because you were talking about. Okay. What? I can remember this time the relationships that I was in. And I can remember. Feeling like my worth, or, or that somehow if I changed how I looked on the outside, 
that it would help my relationship. It would better my marriage, something like that. Mm -hmm. And I was going to all of these extremes in my own life. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is one thing I've learned uh, through my work as a therapist and going to school and all the stuff and actually like, uh, you know, learning the information, uh, the things that we get upset about or the things that, that we dislike in others are almost a hundred percent of the time, a mirror or a, a reflection of something we dislike or are fighting in ourselves, mm-hmm. And like, we talked about this a little bit ago on the podcast about like, we're trying actively to not be that. So I think what I heard in that episode was me being so critical of other people unnecessarily and me making like, like saying like, this is what is not necessarily valuable, but like, this is ideal. And that should have been prefaced with, for me, at this very specific time in my life with these other pressures from the people around me, I think this for myself is how I want things. And even that, looking at it, was fucked up and incorrect and, like, not healthy. And this was so a projection of my own shit. So unlike every other episode of Brain Candy, this is the one, the only one that you can't listen to because not, I mean, not immediately when it aired, but eventually after we had been on the air for a little while, people started saying, yo, that food episode was terrible and you were fatphobic and you guys were uh, body shaming and all this stuff. And ignorant in it. Yeah, the, the listeners were so not misinformed. Happy. I remember getting that feedback and thinking, like, well, I don't know what the big fuss is about, but apparently this is a problem, so I'll just remove it, which I did. And I'm very, very, very glad I did. Now that I've heard it again, seven years later, I can't believe I we said a lot of the things we said or, or felt a lot yeah. of the things we felt. The gist of it was. Um, at least from my, my mouth was like, I don't, I'm tired of people that are bigger expecting like special treatment or like mm-hmm. us to pretend like, um, like we, it's sort of like out of their hands, whatever. It was sort of like, Hey, this is a choice you made. I don't know why you need a um, scooter at the airport or whatever. Like that was the gist of of what I was saying. And it was funny though, because I sensed that we actually were attempting to be like real measured about it. Like we weren't being like aggressive or anything. Yeah. I feel like we thought we were being real progressive. I know. And at, when we were saying at the end of the show, wow, this was a real serious one. I was like, no, it wasn't. You, you guys were dummies. <laughs> like this is, you know, it, the the tone that I heard, the message that I think I was kind of sending incorrectly was, hey, just eat better. It's not that hard. You actually like, said food is only fuel. Yeah. 
Whoa, dude, that was the thing that I disagreed with. Like the what most. I said, out of the out of the gate, yeah. two, that like two seconds in, I was like, "That's incorrect." I so disagree with that, and I see. I, I think, especially post pandemic, mm. too, and. Oh, God. So many life experiences. The way that food brought me comfort when there was nothing else available when I was in Costa Rica taking care of my mom. Mm -hmm. I'd like to say shout out to baguettes. Shout out. I couldn't have done it without you. Shout out to baguettes. One day I ate two of them and I regret nothing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, I I totally get it. Eat whatever you want. Who cares? There's reasons. Who the fuck cares they're like who cares Mm -hmm. do you and your body will tell you what is good for you and if it feels good there's reason for it and if it doesn't like we can like how do you feel about that's it it's like oh god so judgmental of myself in those moments and just projected as judgment towards others and i am In a way, I look, I listen to that and I I say, thank God I have grown and changed and had the experiences that I've had that have taught me, like, your value is not in that. And if you're with any, I think also what's changed is the people who are around me. Mm. And if you're with anybody who cares about that or, or makes that a, a, um, I don't know, requirement or something like in the relationship or in order for you to receive love or feel worthy, get the fuck out of there. Mm-hmm. Ditch that shit because that is not good. I've talked a lot about um, my upbringing over the years and the reasons for my fat phobic um, feelings um that were you know indoctrinated and ingrained in me as like the message specifically towards women like um just growing up that was just a part of the the rhetoric and the narrative in my house um was Mm -hmm. the expectation specifically that women are small um which as we of course now know is embedded in misogyny and patriarchy Mm -hmm. and the idea that women are meant to be visually appealing to men and Mm -hmm. uh, our objects and sexual objects and that smallness in women is desired verbally, physically, like just make yourself almost disappear to have like maximum value. And I think anyone that grew up with that message, which frankly we all do because that's a, the mm. cultural message as well, it's very hard to undo. And it's oh, yes. been and it continues to be a process. It's not like I just decided one day, oh, that's a bunch of bullshit. I don't believe that anymore. It's still right. ongoing and I still have to every day think like that's not where your value went. Whatever. You have to. Yeah. And we have the expectations that we put on ourselves, we naturally project onto others. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to to not do that. It's we've like our, our our brain doesn't go, oh, this is my standard for others, and this is my standard for me. It kind of like lumps them all together, and or we start to you know. So uh, 
you have to explore what are your own feelings and recognize those kind of messages yeah, like that you grew being up aware. with. Being aware. Uh-huh. And exactly what you said, you have to have the talk with yourself. Mm. You know, people, a lot of times clients will ask, people will ask like, okay, but like, how do I change my thoughts? How do I get a different message in there? Mm-hmm. And it's exactly what you just did right there. Mm-hmm. It's stopping and saying, okay, no, you are not like this. Mm-hmm. You, you, know, you do not feel those things. This is not where your worth lies. And you have to actually talk to yourself like that. Mm-hmm. You can't just let it be a thought. It has to almost take I don't know, like the form of words or something or like in your well, mind. Well, I think it's like, how did the message get embedded in the first place? Mm-hmm. Through repetition and messaging. Yes, so good point. It's just the same, but the opposite message really, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you can't, very good point. You can't expect just a few times of saying that to be convinced of it. Like, you know, if I held, like I holding up a pen, if I told you this pen was red for forever and then was like, okay, what color is this pen? And you said red. And I'm like, no, just kidding. It's black. And like, you need to change your answer. Mm-hmm. Like, that would take a long time. Mm-hmm. And for a while you'd go, it's red. Okay. I mean, it's black. It, you're almost, your instinct would be to do the default thing that you've been saying for forever. So, or message you've been re- receiving for forever. I do still wish that there was more freedom to mm-hmm. be open and talk about it without being offensive and mm-hmm. sort of like unpack it, but it's just too risky. Like mm-hmm. if I were to sincerely ask questions as I did in that episode, like when I, for example, I had asked, how come we're allowed to talk about a calorie restriction eating disorders, but we're not allowed mm-hmm. to really talk about overconsumption as an eating disorder. That's something that's like taboo and it's seen as like hateful. And I don't know why. And I still don't know why. Um, it's now that when I listened to that part of the episode, I felt differently now because in the setting I'm in, in working with clients in my, um, uh, office where I have a, uh, coworker who specializes in eating disorders, yeah. we talk about it all the time well, and it's very not taboo. Oh, it's, it's very allowed. Like, okay. Uh-huh. Cause I yeah, just feel like if sure. you're restricting your calories for, for comfort or control, or mm-hmm. if you are consuming for comfort and control, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to me, it feels like thing. it's the same. Yeah, but foundationally. Yeah. But if you talk about that, I don't think it's received in the same way. Yeah. And especially with some of the feelings afterwards, and we want to just explore. And like the treatments for a lot of those things can be kind of similar. It's like working on the relationship that you have and those meetings, like meanings that those things. Mm, so clinically, happen. it's something that's a conversation, but culturally, yeah, absolutely. it feels, it. I, maybe it's because it's a slippery slope before maybe. you get to fat shaming and things like that. You know what I was thinking too is I, I think there's a hesitation for people to use certain words mm-hmm. that may, you know how white people will often like be scared to use the, say black people because they're like, think, oh my gosh, it's like a bad word. Yeah. I think sometimes there may be those feelings about people who are overweight or when we talk about 
I think words that like word, obese I think or that fat. even overweight is seen as slurry now and, and oh, obese. Oh, that makes sense. Now that I say it out loud, because overweight sounds like you are over whatever the normal weight, it quote unquote normal weight is, and who's to say what is normal and who's to say like what the like quote unquote weight is. Yeah, because I've seen like um, body positivity, like bloggers, writers, influencers, whatever, and they will like, um, they won't use certain words like obese, overweight. Sometimes they will use the word fat. Sometimes they won't because sometimes it's reclaimed as like, that is, they would say, I'm not saying, (laughs) I'm like scared. Mm -hmm. They would say like, that's, that's how I see myself. I am accurately described as fat, they would say. Mm -hmm. So they mm-hmm. are comfortable using that word, mm-hmm. but yeah. if somebody else says it, it could be seen right. as I think it's like slur. almost like something you ask too. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's how that word has been used in the past. Yes. Yeah. I think totally. It's weaponized. If that's been used like that. Yes. Good point. So I just follow their key. I just read what they say and then I don't talk about it um, because I'm just trying to undo <laughs> the brainwashing of my own life. Yeah. Um, but. Oh, gosh. The okay, the framework though of our original episode was about this viral video that Nicole Arbor, I think her name is, I hope I got that right, um, made called "Dear Fat People" and it went viral and it was so offensive, mm-hmm. and we were just sort of like, "Oh yeah, it was offensive, but like it was more how she said it, not what she said." If you watch that, you will die if you see it now. In fact, let's listen to um, a clip from our original Brain Candy episode where we're discussing the Dear Fat People viral video. Did you see the Dear Fat People video that came out? I finally watched it. What did you think? Okay. Is this a can of worms? It is. Okay, it really what? is. Because okay. I'm trying to understand it from one of those like body proud people who's like, you know, fat shaming is terrible, but wait. So just so people know, I'm sure they've mostly seen it, but there's this video that came out by Nicole Arbor, who is, um, I think she fancies herself a comedian, but it's mainly like a YouTube style Mm -hmm. of comedy. And she put out a video called dear fat people in which she kind of made a mockery of overweight folks. And, Mm -hmm. um, it got this huge backlash. So go ahead. Sorry. Uh, You know, and I got to say, and okay, I read a tweet that somebody said, this is video, this video is a perfect example of it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Mm -hmm. Because I do think that we Do you agree with Nicole? Kind of. Yeah. Okay. I do. Oh my gosh. I was scared to, I was like actually scared to- because we were just Google sort of like, and see, she like, wasn't very oof. nice about it, but you know, she had some good points. Meanwhile, it's like the most offensive, what? hateful thing you've ever seen. Yeah. What a, 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 what a change in my, I, I can really see a change in my opinion and how I feel about this subject. Mm-hmm. And it, it really kind of shows me why this show is important because I think we've we become so comfortable thinking in the moment, thinking that what we are saying is 
correct. Mm-hmm. I don't think in the moment when we were making that show, we were like cringing at what we were saying. In fact, like the opposite, you know? And so I, I we think, felt like, I think we saw ourselves as like truth tellers. Yeah. It's so fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. So like even the stuff, uh, there was so much that, that I had this, I, I don't know, like, it's kind of like how we say, I know I'm intelligent, not we, Socrates or Plato or somebody, said, I know I'm intelligent for I know I know nothing. I sent, I felt like I was listening to that, like I'm like this bratty teenager who's like, I know everything and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wow, how far I've come in recognizing that I don't know jack shit and having a curiosity is... yeah. And it's shades of gray too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so, I was thinking that I'm like, wow, there's so much that's like nuanced and there's so many like shades of gray in, in this conversation that we are not addressing and like just accepting that the information that you feel very confident and sure of in this moment, seven years, 10 years from now, you may look back on and go, wow, I didn't know anything like or I've wow I've learned so much so I feel like we need to use that information to inform how we are in the present and be more curious rather than have a sense of no or or certainty because what the hell can we even be certain about Mm -hmm. well one thing that I kept thinking about was how the the reality TV component played a part, I think, in two ways. Number one, um, we had been coming from the point of view that um, being uncensored, not politically correct, and provocative had been incentivized and had made us a lot of correct. money. Correct. You know? Oh, oh. I think I was currently on the show or just off the show, like yeah. one of the two or, or still in it. Yeah. Totally. And it just changes the way you speak. And I see that now with the people that are still on the show that I'm so frequently yeah. like it, I find them so jarring and offensive yeah. and, and, uh, not nuanced and, yeah. but it's because they're still in it and it's still so important to their livelihood and their identity. So I think that made us Man. way more like that. Yeah. At the time. You know, I do find that, uh, we'll call it like Sarah 1.0 may, and every now and then I still get, get little mm, waves of this, mm-hmm. but I had much more like <sighs> high highs and low lows, mm-hmm. like yeah. on opinions on everything. It would be like really, yeah. Polarized kind of. Yes. Yeah. And that was almost for entertainment's purpose. And that, in a way, was, like, exhausting after a while. Yeah. And now I'm much more... Mature. Mature balance. (laughs) Yeah. You know? And and it doesn't mean I still don't get excited about things and, you know. Well... But I think it's, it's... I don't know what it is. We got it a feels lot. like I don't need to entertain in that way. Yeah. Or do that to to communicate. 
It's the importance of my, well, probably because now I actually have the information to back it up. And so I don't feel like I need to be over the top about whatever my opinion is to almost like sell it. Yeah. You don't really have as much to prove. Yes. There you go. Well, yeah. And that, that being uncensored and shocking got us a lot of attention throughout our adult life and got us a lot of like really good things. So it's just, it stands to reason that you would be more inclined to be like that. But then I also think that the reality TV played a role in the way that we had seen ourselves and how we were, our bodies and our looks were constantly under scrutiny by the cast, the production and the audience. Preach. I mean, it just did. It has an effect. It, you're just so much more aware of like how you look and your value being attached to that. Yep. Oh, here's a, a, a weird one for you that I, I can look back and, and now see and, and understand kind of my, where my mind was at and some intent, uh, intentions that I had then. I don't think I was aware of. Um, I was often compared to Emily Schramm on the show in in her early days. We had a similar body type. We had a similar kind of attitude. Then she started getting into CrossFit and got super, super fit. I felt this weird pressure Mm -hmm. to also do that, to, to think. And I remember there was a season where... The guys, it was, uh, I think it was X's, where the guys made a list of, they called it the perfect nine. Not even the perfect 10, because they said the perfect 10 didn't exist in this house, which is so fucking already fucked up and mean. And they called it the perfect nine. And they went around and they picked out the body parts of the women in the house. They like made a, a, a body. And this is who got each part. No. And I got a profile or face, like, like, which is like very, a nice compliment. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got a nice profile. I got, you know, um, uh, yeah, I think it was profile. And I remember Dunbar who, hello, we know how I feel about him already said, you would have made more parts on the list, but you just don't work hard enough. Like you don't put any effort into it. If you would put some effort into it, you would like be in more spots on that list. And I was like, wow, these guys like think I would be good looking if I just put effort into it. Like thinking also that I wasn't putting effort into it, which is like insane because meanwhile, I'm like, you know, just disordered eating. I'm sure like, uh, you know, anything like you're prepping to be on television, I guarantee that I was not eating in a way that was supporting my it's body. It's sort of like the way most people prepare for a wedding, their wedding, you know, like, like they try to lose weight, they work like, out like yeah. crazy. They want to look quote unquote their best. And yeah. that's how it is before a challenge usually. And I was getting these messages because they were putting me in the back of all the photo shoots and like, covering me up and everything. Yeah. And like putting props in front of me to like, like it was so stupid. Well, it's so, which, which there's no reason for that. Like, Oh my God. It was, yeah. So this was a lot of the, 
so, so I realized that in listening to the episode and kind of thinking like, you know, I, I, and there is absolutely nothing where Emily is like living her best. She's so happy doing what she's well, doing. Yeah, and that you're, works You're different for her. people. We are totally different, but in my mind, I like had to do, I had to do that because everybody else said we're so similar. And the psychologist on the show said we had similar test results on our MMPI. So I was like, yeah, but, oh my gosh. And it's funny everybody, because. So, and then other people are telling me that like, if I just tried, I had all these messages in my head and it was bullshit. Yeah. Cause we torture ourselves for no reason. There's a very good chance that she's been thinking over the years, like I wish I had gone to grad school or right. whatever it is, you know? So yeah. we do it. Oh we all God. do it about each other, oh, you know? Man. Yeah. And, but There's in that so moment, you think fun. you're the only one. You think these people are yeah. fine and I'm the one that's like being left behind and I'm a loser. So I do. do I know different now. I'm not making excuses. That, that episode was horrific, but I'm just explaining like context, what I think contributed totally. to it. There are reasons, not excuses. Um, And yeah, go ahead. No, I'm I'm 100% agreeing with all that. Yeah, all these things kind of play into the soundtrack in your mind that then, uh, I don't know, informs how you speak. Yep, and how you see the world and how you see other people. Um, And... and Truly, I I can't emphasize this enough. If you guys, maybe you heard it when it aired originally, but you'll never hear it again. I will play some Mm -mm. clips like in this episode that just to make, give you the gist, but believe me, it should not be out in the world. Suits. Yeah. You can play the part. I'll allow it. Okay. You can play the part where I talk about wanting to be the perfect kind of body for my husband he likes a certain look and a lot of it i will admit is you know because every wife wants their husband to be like what is the look that he likes like playboy yeah Mm, pin up he does like that he likes big boobs he likes you know like curves and he likes you know chicks with sexy bras puke wanted to reach back and I wanted to spend dedicate the rest of my life to just building a time machine so I could go back in time slap that Sarah in the face that made me shake her here's and be like don't what the hell are you saying and then get back in my time machine and go to the future you know what though I felt really bad for her because I think that's a very relatable feeling yeah to think my so husband dumb. is desirous of uh, this type of person, I need to be like that type of person. Man, it makes me, it does make me so sad. It really does make me sad. Maybe I should hug her and say, Yeah, it's a terrible feeling to feel like it is. If only, yes. Yeah. I thought, and then I talk about how, like, based on the people he's following on Instagram and stuff like that, wow, how sad I can, I can remember what my feelings were at those times where I thought, Maybe I will get the the kind of get my needs met if only I do these things. Mm-hmm. And if only I'm this way, if only I change myself in this way. And how backwards that is. And then I think about the relationship I'm in now and how 
different that is and how it's it it I can't even imagine a situation where I would feel like oh I I have to be this way for no way Mm-mm. yeah but again this is something I think a lot of people deal with not just women just people in general in their relationships yeah. Yeah, and they just worry. What if, what if I don't don't look mm-hmm. the way he wants or the way she wants? It's right. a terrible feeling. <laughs> so much of my worth growing up and then was attached to externals. I will be worthy of love if I do this, act like this, look like this, provide this for somebody. I think a lot of people feel that way. And the reality is you are worthy of love just for being the awesome person that you are. Mm-hmm. No matter what you look like on the outside, no matter at, at what education level you have, no matter where you grew up, no matter what your financial situation, no matter how much time you have to give to somebody or don't or whatever, like everybody's worthy of love and, and mm, connection just for being the people that they are. And if, if somebody does not recognize you for those things, those aren't the people that are supposed to be in your life. Those aren't the people who can see you in that beautiful way. And man, do I know that now. And I did not know that then. Here's oh. what I want to know. Cause like, like we said, if this, if we had done this episode now, we would be out of a job. We would brain yeah. candy would be over. We would be canceled. Um, it does lend itself to the question of like, I mean, second chances, because, you know, when mm-hmm. people say do better, well, seven years later, I think we have, I think we mm-hmm. will continue to, like, mm-hmm. we're not done. Mm-hmm. Um, I still not. mess up all the time. I still have issues yeah. with body and, and weight and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But if we had been canceled, if we had gone off the air, we would have not had this opportunity to like grow and learn. I don't yeah. know. It just makes me think about all that stuff. Like, can mm. you, can you be forgiven and continue? Yeah. I think what you, what may be a little bit of the difference is being publicly shamed, having everybody else look in and judge it. I think Oh man, so much of who we are is like open for people to judge and criticize. And you mean me and you or everybody? Everyone. Mm-hmm. Things that they put on Twitter, things that people, you know, and and I I don't think we as humans are designed to handle criticism and and judgment from a ton of people. Yeah. It, doesn't give us the opportunity to like it doesn't mean we shouldn't be like if we say something that offends somebody shouldn't like have those things pointed out but I think it's harder to well again that your worth becomes the externals your worth is you know the things that maybe you've said not the 
feelings you have in the heart, your heart or the ways that you want to grow and change and like the ways that you want to do better. Mm-hmm. Instead, what gets judged is this like moment in time, mm-hmm. which is kind of this external thing, this like thing that happened or... Yeah, I logged you know into I mean? TikTok. I never go on TikTok, but I had to look for something and... I saw one of my notifications was somebody that said, Susie Meister, this is disgusting. And it was a video that someone else had put up of like a clip from the show from like 15 years ago. The, the old, I hate Tanya game, the old, that old chestnut. Yeah. Right. Um, that we've talked about a lot on the show and said, boy, that really was disgusting. And here's why that Mm -hmm. happened and why, like, I'm so Mm -hmm. sorry and all that jazz. Um, but to log in, and see that and to for someone to be like wanting me to know that's terrible and not wanting yeah. to know whether I've already acknowledged that it's terrible. Yeah. It gets so old to me. Yeah. To have to repeat and it all you the can time. Re- if 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 we can recognize that anybody pointing out those like we do this thing where we want to bring other people down to justify the mistakes or wrongdoings that we've done. You know, if, um, uh, you find this in, in, you know, somebody's cheating and their partner catches them by looking through their phone, like, well, you're snooping through my phone. I can't believe you were snooping through my phone. And they get so mad about that thing because they need to make the level of anger that they like project towards you and, and how wrong that is equal to, what the thing that they're getting blamed for. And, and so I think when we as a society get all these messages all the time, oh, you're not good enough. You're not doing enough. You failed in this way. Uh, and even if this is just like subconscious, that uh, it becomes easier to attack other people for things that they're doing because it it softens that. Mm-hmm. It, it provides some sort of comfort. It like okays the the fucked up things they did like i bet if you were to take all the people who have left like posted those kind of videos and and looked at when they posted that and i don't know somehow compared that to information on how other people were talking to them or something that you'd be able to see some relationship between what was going on in the person who's leaving those comments life and the kind of comments, like the ways that they're attacking others. Mm -hmm. And just a genuine lack of curiosity about whether in fact someone has done better in the last 15 years. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's because they don't want, you don't want to look for that because then it would, that because it's, Every function, sir, every behavior serves a function. You don't, they don't want to look for that information because then it would mean that they would have to do better themselves. Mm-hmm. And so it's easier to just accept, wow, this person did bad and, and look at them. Even in some weird way, I'm sure this person did bad and look at them and wow, they have a podcast right now. So maybe I can like that thing that I did back then. I can also be forgiven. This I think is happening so subconsciously. People are not aware. And so I think that's why I take negative comments. Like when I, sometimes they hurt my feelings, but 
why sometimes I can kind of, after taking some deep breaths and talking to myself, see the bigger picture and recognize that this is like somebody else's deal, not mine. Yeah. Like when she wrote, this is disgusting. I wanted to just be like, it sure is. That's why I keep saying how disgusting it is. But what I continuously talk about on uh, 15 minutes of blame is like, I wonder why they never think like, wow, it's really disgusting that the producers put on like an alcoholic woman on this show or or this addict on they've, they've cast these people to be abused. You know what I mean? So it's I the shaking of the bees Yes, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if people see the dark side to those things in the same way that we do mm-hmm. as an audience. No. Because I think we're, we're, you and I got a different experience of Tanya than the viewer got. Mm-hmm. And you and I are like, oh my God, I can't believe they would put her on there. But the audience doesn't see that. They see fun, you know... Uh, cause and drama, good for television. Yeah. You know. And then if someone's mean so, to Tanya, it's like, wow, that was really mean of that right. cast member. Even and though she shouldn't have been talk, there in yeah. the first place. Totally. And then when we t- call out production, we often get the, oh, they're not taking responsibility. They're blaming production for this. Mm-hmm. When, oh, gosh. Yeah, but it's a feature, not a bug. So anyway, that's just the TikTok example. But... um. I'm glad that we know better now about a lot of things. <laughs> it's a feature, not a bug. Like it's a feature. They want of us the to show. be abusive towards each yes. other. That's the whole point. One hundred percent. Yes, I like that expression. Yeah, like that's by design. That's not an. Yeah. Uh, you know, oops, that one thing happened. That's an exception. Nope, that's yeah. what was supposed to happen. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I am glad that we know better and are doing better. <sighs> I did want to know because you talked on the show about um how you how you had why. Well, I outed that you had bought this waist trainer from the Kardashians oh at the time. And I do remember it was blue, right? It was real yeah. pretty, like yeah. black and blue. Yeah. And then everybody got like a whole bunch. The, yeah. the crazy thing is the next challenge that I went on, three wi- three of the women on there Yeah, they were like sweeping the nation at that moment. They were. That was like a whole thing. Well, because it's the fucking Kardashians peddling their shit, like you said. We're buying their lip gloss. We're doing whatever, you know. Do you still have and that like, thing? And like pretending. Fuck No. I, was just I don't care. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's a very good question to ask because it was just, Those... I I was trying so hard. <sighs> See, this is the, this is the whole thing. Why, why I feel like being, I mean, first of all, do whatever works for you. Yes. Whatever, whatever. But for me, mm-hmm restricting and like fad diets and things that were, uh, you know, counting calories, all that shit that it was really just like trying to have, like, again, that like illusion of safety with control. Um, that was, Oh, what the hell was I going to say? Now I just got lost in like thinking about well, all like those the, diets. The that waist I had trainers to do. And, and um um oh oh yes 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 okay all those all those I was trying so hard to have control that what it resulted in was me then losing control yeah. 
That's what I just was reading. Where was I? I was watching something about eating disorders and they, the lady said, you know, I was doing it to, cause I wanted some semblance of control, but ultimately it controls you. hundred percent. Yeah. And I recognized the ways that I was out of control in other ways in my life. And I regained control and my, I, now I feel like I am the, like I, I, I have, uh, what's the word autonomy, like in my life. And, and, uh, when I am accepting of wherever I am and when I am self-compassionate, it above all, all that matters, like now what it what really matters like before i was like oh all food is is fuel no forget that all that really matters is self compassion mm-hmm. and if you can have self compassion you will be able to give yourself whatever it is that you need in that moment whether it is a piece of chocolate cake and, and enjoy that chocolate cake hey fucking eat the whole cake i don't even care enjoy it there's probably a reason you need to do that like whatever it is, Mm -hmm. you know, but have self-compassion for wherever you are. And I think when I was able to have that, then it made my relationship with so many things change. My relationship with my body, my relationship with food, my relationship with weight and my thoughts and feelings on it. Like, wow, was it, I was keeping myself inside of a cage. And then that was like, I'm sure impacting other people around me or how I, and it's fucked up. And I, I am so glad that I have had opportunities to grow and, and learn about, uh, I don't know, different experiences other than my own Mm -hmm. and really recognize like who's shaking the jar and, you know, yeah. Well, to be fair, it wasn't all bad. We did talk about food deserts and, um, you know, I wish we talked more on that. We could have done the whole episode on how the fucking system makes it so people can... Oh, there's so much I I want. Yeah, Yeah, there was good stuff too. We talked about the systemic issues, the food deserts and the access and the... um, the even just like the non-transparency of the food industry that's allowed because we just are a capitalistic society that wants to maximize mm-hmm. dollars and revenue instead of like the well-being of the populace. But um, that was like at the end and it was like, after yes. being shitty for like a half hour or 20 minutes. Totally. It was not good. So there, the, I, I did spend some time, you know, trying to think, you know, if I were to do an episode talking about similar things now, obviously not the exact same things, but one of the things we talked about was like GMOs. And at the time mm-hmm. you were like, so you're anti-GMO. And I was like, oh, yes. No. Mm-hmm. I, ha- I was uneducated on what that actually was. Mm-hmm. And now this is why, again, I said, you know, shout out to my uh, research methods professor, because I did not know at the time how to critically review an article, how to look at who was funding it, how to look at like where this information was coming from, all that. And even to just not judge a name based on people's feeling about it. For example, genetically modified, you know, like the other one that we've talked about on a brain candy episode is, uh, uh, 
MSG, monosodium glutamate, and how like people are like, oh, it's a chemical, it's so bad. I'm like, no, it's not. It's monosodium glutamate, one sodium and one glutamate atom. Like it's when you break it down and understand that that's just how words are in science, they don't sound nearly as scary. And so I was looking up some information on GMOs and why they are not maybe as bad as we think we are they are yes they, there is not a lot of information about you know down the line what what will happen but really a lot of foods have been genetically modified and they've been doing this for a very long time yeah you ever uh, had a seedless like, watermelon they're delicious yeah and even in uh genetically modified tobacco has been around for a really, really long time, uh, we genetically modified a, pie, a papaya. Like every papaya we eat now is genetically modified because there was a virus that went around some something that was like killing all the papayas. So we had to genetically modify them in order to like keep papayas around. Mm. And I think the same thing happened to bananas. Uh, canola oil is genetically modified. And we kind of I think there's a little bit of ignorance around like what that term means. And, you know, this, the study that I was looking at or this article, I, uh, yeah, I guess it's a, 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 a peer reviewed journal article. So yes, uh, it was talking about some of the reasons and arguments for genetically modifying food. And it gave this projection. I feel like post pandemic or I don't even know if I can say post, like it still kind of feels like we're, you know, people are dying, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, how there was such a resistance to, to science and to information, things like that. And like this, um, uh, you know, I, I really felt a need to do things for the greater good. I feel like scientists who are genetically modifying foods are doing this for the greater good because they must be like, slapping their foreheads being like these fucking dummies at the rate of population we will not be able to feed you guys do you understand that so there were all these graphs in this article that i read about what the population growth expectancy is compared to how much food we have that can actually sustain this it ain't looking good mm -hmm. so like i feel like this a lot of this is science like doing some work ahead of time that 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 might be a little bit of like the uh, uh, greater good mm -hmm. stuff we got to look at here. Yeah. You know? Like we were missing the so, forest for the trees kind of thing. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And like, I, I just like scientists must be like so annoyed. Well, to be honest, a lot of that comes from, you know, academics write these papers. They're very dry and dense and boring oh. usually. And, and then they'll have like a, a, a one line that's sort of tweetable or usable for media. Mm -hmm. And then you see this a lot with like radio morning shows. You see it like with um, other morning shows, like on Good Morning America stuff. They'll do mm -hmm. like a new study came out that said you should have 50 orgasms a day. And it's just sure. supposed to be like light and silly and sort of something to talk about. They need content constantly, but they dilute mm -hmm. it and they mischaracterize uh, totally. scholarship all the time just to get a, a good ad break or something, you know? And so yeah. a lot of what media does to scholarship is problematic, uh -huh. you know, because they just constantly need like something that's like, come back after the break. We're going to find out why bacon is the best thing ever. 
I mean, I even feel it. The, the more we do this show, mm. I guarantee this is, this is, we will see this in, in, as we go along and listen to different episodes where I know that there were articles that before I really mm, took the time or energy or learned how to be critical of them, read the headline and then delivered that information mm. like it was, you know, yeah. truth or fact. And so many episodes now that we do, you know, 500 on or so, uh, <laughs> I can recall, you know, uh, saying things like, well, you know, at first it said it sounded like this, but then I dug a little deeper and I realized that the person who wrote the article was blah, blah, blah. And it's garbage. And can we just talk about that? Yeah. You know, so yeah, it really... You have to do the work. Mm-hmm. and But that's hard, you know? And a lot of times what you'll find is it's not very interesting at all. It's small. No, it's not. Scholarship moves very slowly. And so you don't get a lot of those, like, explosive big breaks. Mm-hmm. It's just incremental. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. not interesting for the mass pub- yeah. public. But anyway, may I formally say I am yes. deeply sorry, both for comments I made in that episode that were phobic and insensitive and um, disingenuous mm-hmm. um, it, over the course of our entire show. I'm sure I've said lots of things off the cuff or without all the information that hurt people. That's not mm-hmm. great. That's why we do things we got wrong. It's supposed to like yes. acknowledge that crap. It is a reflection of where we are and our own uh, uh, inability to accept parts of ourselves. Mm-hmm. I can say that for me. Yeah. Like that was me not able to accept parts of myself and then projecting that outward in, in critical views. And, ooh, do I apologize to that Sarah? Yeah, right. Good point. Yeah. Mm. Well, because I do not, however, apologize to the men in my life that were making me feel like that. Mm, the end yeah amen to that but we're just trying to do better man we're gonna keep fucking up but we're trying we'll be here to talk about things we got wrong (laughs) if you would love to subscribe i would love you for doing that thank you so much to the people who have given us five-star reviews thank you i love seeing that these are great we're getting and the great comments and review thank you so much i'm so glad that you guys are along for this ride with us and we're just yeah yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so much more we'll see you next week. Get ready. Yeah. Bye, everybody. <laughs> well, what can I say? We'll mess up.